Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. I hope you realize all of those weights are going to be in the uncut version for Patreon. Sweet. As all right. It should be. Deep breath. Exhale. Welcome, everybody, to the October 24th, 2020 edition of Weisscast. I am your host, Aaron Weiss, alongside the Milledgeville Mamba himself. Bryant K. Stinson. Merry Christmas, everybody. Until all the good night. <laughs> it's almost Christmas, man, and you know what? We're like we're like two mi- two two minutes away from the big day, you know what I'm saying? Two minutes. Whole whole two minutes away. I meant to say two months, but No 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 no. Two minutes. <laughs> it's two minutes. Uh you know Bryant. What are you asking for for Christmas this year? Uh, COVID-19 vaccine. Aren't we all, brother? (laughs) Maybe Santa will come through. So Santa comes through with that COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, But really, I'm asking for a new Switch Pro controller. Mine's been through the ringer. I don't know what happened to it. Like, literally... I don't want to point any fingers... But I might, so, but I'm not going to on this podcast. But I just say, I did not break it. Nice. Okay, but enough about my controller woes. This, of course, is Weisscast, where each and every week on your favorite podcast service, Bryant and I talk about the nerdy news that we think you should know about. If you like that, be a part of the show at patreon.com slash Weisscast, where you can ask your questions that you want to be aired on the podcast. We haven't ever had anyone write in still. It's kind of hurting my pride, but there's a first time for everyone. Also, Patreon supporters get the show earlier and uncut. Mm. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Chrono Slinger. Yee. If you don't have any change to toss our way, no big deal. You can catch this show each and every Saturday on... I meant to change this to Sunday. Each and every Sunday on podcast services around the globe. <laughs> Housekeeping for you. All right. Next week is our guest Next episode. Week. Oh, Lord. Where we talk about a list. And I told you guys a couple weeks ago on Instagram to talk about what the list is going to be. And that is the Desert Island video game list. Bryant, are you stoked? What? I thought it was going to be the top 10 favorite type of Christmas cookie list. Bro, it's got to wait for Christmas. Oh, we got to wait. We got to wait till December for that. Okay. All right. I just, I was, I was about to say, I was real confused, but Desert Island game, huh? Yeah, not dessert island game, you know? Okay. <laughs> island game. Got it. Yeah, exactly. I'm ready. Um, once again, this week's episode is sponsored by Weiss Camera Action, but we'll get to that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is 
and forever will be from around the web. That's a, that's like the third week in a row where I've done that. Anyways, let's read the news. <laughs> Brian, yeah. how many articles do we got today? We have three whole articles. A baker's dozen. Yep, but yep, there is. <laughs> All right, first on the list, Bryant Stinson is actually from GameSpot. And you know what? We don't actually... Um, we don't read from GameSpot all that often, so this is a little breath of fresh air, isn't it? A oh, little bit of, little bit of fresh air, a little bit of air freshener for the old. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Weiss camera for breeze, am I right? Um, yeah. This comes from Kevin Nezvik on GameSpot. And the article Jeez. titled, Original Fire Emblem Game, Previously Japan Only, Coming to Nintendo Switch in December. Mario isn't the only Nintendo icon celebrating a notable birthday this year. You know why we don't use GameSpot, Bryant? Why is that? Because they have autoplay ads that just interrupt you in the middle of your sentence, and that's very annoying. So... This will be the first and last time we use GameSpot. Mario isn't the only Nintendo icon celebrating a notable birthday this year. 2020 also the mark, marks the 30th anniversary of the Fire Emblem series, and Nintendo is commemorating the milestone by officially localizing the first Fire Emblem game for Switch. Mm. The company announced that it is bringing the series' Famicom debut entry, Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Light, which up until now has never been released outside of Japan to Switch in English on December 4th. In addition to full English text, Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light will feature a new or a few new modern conveniences, including a rewind feature that lets you skip back to a previous turn, as well as the ability to fast forward through animations. Nintendo has also added a save state function to the game. You can watch the announcement trailer for Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Light below. It was auto-playing the trailer for me. Uh, as the first game in the series, Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light established the framework for the future Fire Emblem games would follow. The game features more than 50 unique characters who you'll need to tactically maneuver around a map to defeat opposing armies. It was also the first title to feature the series' hallmark permadeath. If one of your characters should fall during battle, they'll be gone permanently. Sheesh! Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Light will not be added to Switch's online NES library, but rather will be released as a standalone purchase in the Switch eShop. The game will cost six US dollars. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. I literally was telling my roommate yesterday that if it was under $20, I'd be getting it day one. Mm. Nintendo is also releasing a 30th anniversary collector's edition that costs 50 US dollars. And comes with an assortment of physical goodies on top of the game download, including an NES instruction manual, an NES-style box, and game pack art piece, and a 222-page art book. You can learn more on our Fire Emblem pre-order guide. Much like Super Mario 3D All-Stars, however, Shadow Dragon and the 
Blade of Light will be will not be a permanent release. Nintendo says the game will only be available to purchase until March 31, 2021. Yeah. Big news. Not bad. Big news I'm, for Nintendo fans. Big news. It's b- bigger news for uh, Fire Emblem fans. Like, yeah. Um, my roommate AJ is very excited about this because um, he's been on Fire Emblem ever since they started bringing them or localizing them for English an English audience, um, and it's one of his favorite series. Um, and the fact that they're bringing this game over is huge, and it's only six dollars. So, like, of course, I'm I'm gonna get it. I've always wanted to step into the Fire Emblem series, and this is a great entry point, I think. Did you not play Three Houses? I did not. Mm. Yeah, I thought about getting it many times, and then have been like, <laughs> thought about getting it many times, and then I was just like, oh, you know, nah. But this would be a nice entry into the series to just kind of see. So I, the I was wondering when I first saw the news. I saw it on Twitter. Um, on the Nintendo Nintendo of America Twitter page, they posted the announcement about it, and I was like, "Oh, that's really cool." And I was like, "How much is this going to cost? If it's going to cost a ton of money, like Nintendo typically does with its games, I'm going to pass." But now that it's only six bucks, I think I'm going to dip my toe in the water. Permadeath, though, man, that's that's a mechanic that you really do not see in video games anymore. That's true. Um, I can't think of any game that I've personally played that has permadeath. I, mm, I guess technically all roguelikes have permadeath, or at least Rogue Legacy does. Mm-hmm. Um, and the there's like a workaround to where you can like if you like pay some coins or something, you get the same castle. I don't know if you've ever played Rogue Legacy, but it's a roguelike Metroidvania. Mm, um, yeah. It's a lot of fun. It, it, I think it first came out and was popularized or popular on the Vita and then um, came to consoles and then, you know, eventually it made its way to Switch, and that's where I have actually. Um, it's a lot of fun. I, I mean, roguelikes aren't typically my cup of tea, but it's it's fun. Yeah. So it'll be fun to kind of just go through this and to see come what there's. I'm sure it'll be a a nice little little hefty little hefty game and a decent little investment to be able to kind of kind of immerse yourself in so it'll be i think it'll be fun it'll be a fun little introduction to the fire emblem series for sure so yeah and i mean the art looks good like yeah at first i thought it was a super nintendo game which it's a late late famicom game um but yeah i when I saw this yesterday, I saw it on Reddit, and I thought it was a joke. Yeah, it, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's just kind of like so many anniversaries coming up and all these different things. And, and I know that like 
retro is in and has been in for a really long time. Kind of nostalgia is a is a key kind of selling point right now. And I think that with all of that, you, you want to capitalize on that as best as possible. And I think that um, it's probably really hard for companies to release games right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Because of coronavirus and trying to get the man hours and stuff together to be able to do some of those things. And some, and some developers, some companies are able to make that work. Some aren't. Um, so it's nice to see Nintendo kind of do things like the way that they've done and kind of roll things out the way that they've planned despite kind of the setbacks that um, being in a COVID-19 world has Placed on placed on everyone, so I'm interested to kind of see um, what kind of continues to come out of this um, in the in the months to come, as as long as we're kind of in the midst of this. But I think this is a really good addition. Um, games that have never been localized in the United States and are now finally being released, it's, it's going to be like new for so many people. There's like a very niche amount of people that would actually try to play the game in Japanese. Um, you know, they would wait for an they would wait for a, an American localization that, before they dive into it. So I think it'll be really cool. I think we're going to see things about um, this Fire Emblem game that we've never really seen before, despite the fact that it's been out for such a long time. So it'll be a nice um, thing for people who love video games in general to be able to be a part of that. Yeah, I agree. And you know, all that's left is Mother Three. You know. That's so, never happening. That's never happened. Well, <laughs> that's never happening. It might. You're right. It might. Who knows? Only God knows. Speaking of things we didn't think would happen, let's move on to our next article. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I knew it would happen, but <laughs> this article is from radiotimes.com. Somewhere that we've never, ever, ever looked at. And it's Radio Times, which means this article is probably not about video games. Because it's not it's not about radio either. But it is about time. And it's about time for The Walking Dead to officially end. This uh, article by Radio Times, through Radio Times, is written by Morgan Jeffrey about The Walking Dead. And it is officially official. The Walking Dead will come to an end in 2022. After 11 seasons, AMC announced today that the franchise's flagship series, very key there, flagship series, which premiered in 2010, will draw to a close following an epic 24-episode final season. The first 12 installments will air next year, followed by the final 12 in 2022. However, as one door closes, another door opens. The cable network has also ordered two new Walking Dead spinoffs. One focusing on popular characters Daryl, played by Norman Reedus, and Carol, played by Melissa McBride, and a new anthology series expected to delve into the backstories of familiar characters. This will leave four Walking Dead shows on air, including Fear the Walking Dead and the forthcoming The Walking Dead World Beyond, while a series of spinoff movies featuring Rick Grimes, played by Andrew Lincoln, are also in development. Walking Dead will return next will next return to AMC in the U.S. on the 4th of October to air the episodes originally planned as its 10th season finale delayed due to COVID. Um, six episodes will be added as a bonus that were announced in July. 
season 11 will then follow in late 2021 and 2022. So this is, this is really, really big news for, um, for the world of television. I mean, the walking dead has been, despite its ups and downs has been a banner carrier for kind of what has been a golden age of modern television. The Walking Dead was really at the beginning, one of the shows at the very beginning of all this, along with shows like Mad Men and Breaking Bad, and those types of those types of shows were all, arguably, and interestingly enough, all done by the same network. Um, but the Walking Dead has been a kind of banner carrier and has been around for for a decade now we've had a decade of the walking dead through ups and downs different showrunners um tweaks to the original story here and there but it's finally coming coming to a close the walking dead comic book ended a couple years ago um and they have since done a few i think i say a few they've actually done only one kind of standalone issue following a character but the series itself it has been concluded in the comic form and that had been going on for over i think i want to say 12 to 13 years um and so despite the fact that the walking dead was at one point beloved and watched by many and had since kind of fallen off a little bit um this this will be i, I feel like this will be and should be something that people tune into um, considering the impact that it's had on television, the the fact that there have been people who have been acting in one role for over a decade in this show who are still on it, um, it's huge. And the story has just kept going. And it's so different now from the comics that you really we really don't know how things are going to end up. Um, yeah, this is huge. I know you and I, Aaron, we've we've both been big Walking Dead fans. I kind of like kept holding on. Um, you moved on to less green pastures, but uh, but 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 The Walking Dead has been a show that I think has been beloved by many, and it's kind of sad to see that it's finally coming to an end. What do you think about that? There was a lull in The Walking Dead for a while, and I think it really started with the mid-season finale of season four. Mm-hmm. That was the uh, the big battle at the prison between the governor and uh, the survivors that we followed. Um, wow, spoilers! <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now, <laughs> um, yeah, that was when it went really downhill for me, and that was when I dropped off. Um, I've been told by both you and others that it really picked back up a few seasons later when Negan came to be mm-hmm. and it's kind of stayed on a high since. Um, I hope that the ending does it justice. I know so many shows do not end well. Yeah. Um, I feel like Breaking Bad is one of those shows that ended really well 
Um, but it's like spiritual successor slash sequel prequel thing. Better Call Saul. A lot of people like better um, than Breaking Bad. Um, I think my main hope is that Walking Dead ends well. And I mean, the franchise itself isn't going anywhere. If you got, if you as the audience are worried, like it's, you're just going to get introduced to new characters that you love in different series. Um, I know Fear the Walking Dead had kind of a rough start, and but it's gotten a lot better. It has Morgan from the first oh, first season, season two of Walking Dead. I don't remember which, but yeah, like season one, and then came back a few times, and he's the series. yeah, he's the main character in Fear the Walking Dead, correct? Yes. So there's some crossover there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's smart to end it. I don't necessarily like how they're ending it. Um, I kind of wish they would just say it's going to end with season 12 instead of they're going to do one super season spread out over two two falls. Um, <laughs> that's just That just seems dumb to me. Um, but that's also me being used to shorter seasons in like Netflix or whatever, like Netflix shows are between eight and 12 episodes typically, and only come out once a year as opposed to network TV, which is usually, you know, 18 to 24 episodes. And there's only like a three or four month break between seasons. Yeah. Um, yeah, the way they're splitting it up just seems weird to me, but yeah, I, I, who knows, maybe I'll catch up and tune into the last couple seasons. Um, yeah, yeah. I definitely will be watching the last couple seasons. I just want to see how they end it. They're getting, they're getting to the last story arc that existed in the comics. I'm just wondering how it will play out, um, how certain elements of the story will play out for certain characters, um, kind of given what's already been announced and things like that. So, yeah. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to kind of see how everything, how everything shapes up. Cause it, just a, go, no, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, I think one of the one of the interesting bits is I remember in the very beginning of the of the iterations of the comics, Robert Kirkman stated that he would kill off Rick Grimes. Um, I mean, and then years and years and years and years and years went by, and he did it. <laughs> he he did it, and and uh, and it ended up being probably one of the most bittersweet. Ended up being one of the most bittersweet deaths in The Walking Dead. Dude just got shot by somebody he made mad, and nobody knew about it. And so he just died alone and was found by Carl the next day, zombified. And that's, and I don't, that will not happen in the TV show because of things that have taken place. Mm-hmm. But they've shifted and changed a lot of, a lot of characters' roles and things like that. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of differences and a lot of decisions that were made. And, um, and so there, 
they they kind of the Walking Dead television show has kind of morphed into being this thing where certain characters end up being linked together and their stories kind of end up becoming intertwined either because fans really like seeing those characters together or um, they have some type of vested interest in one another. So it's really interesting to kind of continue moving forward and see how all of those things play out. So um, a lot of characters have gone and done different television shows and been gone for a little while and then have come back. And so there's just a lot of ebbs and flows and differences. But um, one of the most popular, most recognizable, most well-loved and well-watched television shows, really kind of the last of its era of the last 10 years is coming to an end, um, which is bittersweet. Uh, but I think if you would ask enough people, they'd probably say it's probably about time it's been running for so long. So, yeah. And we've, we've talked about this before, how we like kind of miss the weekly episodic mm-hmm. show. And I mean, you know, people would talk about new episodes of show like of a show like at work or at school you know long before walking dead but i mean in our lifetime walking dead was really like one of the first bigger budget high quality shows that people would talk about it like it paved the way in a sense for game of thrones Mm-hmm. Because and and I say that it did that because the showrunner of Walking Dead approached HBO with his pitch, mm-hmm. and HBO turned it down. And then HBO was like, "Oh shoot, I passed up on a huge hit." And the next one that he thought would be a hit was Game of Thrones, and they did not pass up on that. Obviously, yep. that was a huge cultural phenomenon for eight years. Yeah, as well. So, um, yeah, it started. It really started this trend of big budget TV shows, and I think we're seeing that trend shift now to more big budget, either anthology series or like, um many series um because a lot of people really liked things like watchmen on hbo just a really high quality one-off season of shows and i think i think many series are kind of the future like they start well and end well typically they don't have time to mess up yeah Uh, um and it's cool to know that an anthology series of Walking Dead is coming out. So, um, the, I mean, uh, American Horror Story, they've yeah. been doing the anthology series for almost as long as Walking Dead's been out. Um, and, you know, some seasons are better than others, but it's like rarely ever the same people in each season, right? Yeah, very, yeah, very, well, the same actors will typically reprise different roles, but... Mm-hmm. Typically speaking, yeah. They've since started doing some different things. They've done some crossovers between two different seasons. Um, I think they recently did a crossover between two different seasons of American Horror Story, which I I think was fairly successful. Mm -hmm. 
and once you get a kind of a cult following of people who love what you do, it's easier to kind of kick on from there and continue to make good stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been it's been a good run with The Walking Dead. It's it's going to be a blast. Those last 24 episodes, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be really good. It will probably be the classic Walking Dead where it starts off very explosive and then starts to dip and then gets to a point where you're just like, what in the world am I watching? And then it ramps back up and then it's fun again which is kind of the typical Walking Dead season. I mean, yeah, like mid-season is usually like right. There's like a there's like a explosive first two or three episodes kind of dips a little bit. Mid-season, it picks back up for a couple episodes, dips again, and then the last couple episodes are just high octane. Yeah, so here's hoping that that's what we're, that's what we're given. Or every, or they just really crank out the quality. And every episode is stellar, um, considering that's going to be the final season. So, yeah, I love The Walking Dead. Always will, always have. So, looking forward to one last thing that. about The Walking Dead, listeners. For uh, those that don't know, Walking Dead is like a little bit near and dear to our hearts because uh, early seasons take place in Georgia the whole series has been filmed in Georgia. So it's like kind of a little bit of a state pride thing a little bit. And it's just, it's kind of cool knowing that Georgia is kind of like the Hollywood of, of Eastern America. Like the walking dead might've largely put Georgia on the map for being that. Um, I know Tyler Perry studios also had a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there, there's just, there's a multitude of things that led to Georgia being where it is now for films. Yeah. Uh, but walking dead was one of those things for sure. Yeah. A lot of things have been a lot of really high quality, well-loved series have been filmed and filmed in Georgia. The walking dead being probably one of the largest and most well-known, mm-hmm. um, stranger things is right up there as well. It was filmed in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you have Pinewood, and so you have all of these different movies. A lot of Marvel films were filmed in Georgia through Pinewood and stuff like that. So there's, yeah, a lot of state pride. And so hopefully they they don't suck it up at the end. <laughs> all right. Speaking of film and Ooh. Pinewood, actually, um, Apple is in talks to buying the streaming rights to the upcoming James Bond film, No Time to Die. Mm. This comes from Amber Neely at Apple Insider, which, uh, wow, we're three for three. We are not repeating any website we've ever used before. You guys said we were stale. Look who's not stale. It's us. Who's they? Who's they? Them? You know. Yeah, 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 them, both (laughs) guys. Yeah, all of them. All, all of them. So, Apple TV may soon be the place to watch a long-delayed James Bond film should the parent company decide to skip the film's theatrical release. Apple is said to be bidding on an upcoming James Bond flick titled No Time to Die, hoping to bring it exclusively to Apple TV+. Plus. 
Earlier this year, Apple purchased Tom Hanks' World War II film, Greyhound, when it was apparent that a theater release would be impossible. The Bond franchise is owned by MGM, and according to Binged, the company the company likely feels pressure to sell the film to the highest bidder. Many would many would-be theater releases have been taken to releasing films on streaming platforms in the wake of the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. In addition, Apple in addition to Apple, Netflix is said to be in the running to purchase the upcoming Bond film. Apple TV Plus has grown its lineup of content in its first year of operations to include the cutting-edge documentaries, critically acclaimed children's programming, and Emmy-winning original series. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think a lot of movies are in the same boat as... James Bond, No Time to Die. I personally would rather it, see it not on Apple TV Plus, um, mostly because I'm not a subscriber. Um, I have a three month free thing, but by the time it's released, it probably will be up. Um, Brian, what do you think about big movies making deals with streaming services? Yeah, you do what you got to do to make your money. I think that I think the hard part for people will be I think people are willing to go to a theater to watch those big budget things. I think it may be harder for people to justify spending the money to watch it at home. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the that's one of the difficult difficult parts. Um, it also it also makes it difficult when you are given one of the things we talked about, I mean, months and months and months ago was kind of how the streaming wars is played out needing to have the right streaming service to watch whatever you feel like you need to watch and so for the people out there who love james bond but don't have apple tv then they can't watch it or they would have to purchase apple tv to then watch it and so i think i think that may be that may be the hard the hard thing and so it just really depends on how they go about doing it will they go the disney route of making it exclusive streaming content where you can have Apple TV and just pay a flat fee to be able to have access to the film or will it be a part of the catalog upon per- upon purchasing your subscription um, yeah well, go ahead. I know for Greyhound it was part of the catalog okay so that sounds like it would be the same for Netflix okay. um, I know that Borat 2 just came to Amazon Prime. Yep, it was part of the catalog. I watched it last night, actually. Did you really? We watched Borat yeah. 1 last night. Uh, yeah, watched Borat 2 last night. It, it, was, um, it was nice. <laughs> 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 um, anyways, I, I'm thinking it's it, the way it's worded is sounding like it's going to be a part of the lineup. Okay. So it's not going to be that Disney Plus model. Um. Which Disney when, Plus has full full like reign to do that when it's their own commodity. Mm-hmm. They can do whatever they wish with it. But it's a little different when you're trying to partner with someone to be mm-hmm. given access to it. You kind of have a le- you you have less wiggle room right. to negotiate. So, so what um, Apple and MGM are talking about is like, well, Apple and MGM, Netflix and MGM. Um, what they're talking about is 
giving them the money that they could have made in the box office. And obviously Mm -hmm. James Bond is probably going to make somewhere between 400 million and $600 million in the box office. I don't think any of them have cost a billion. I could be wrong, but wisecast.com slash your dash wrong. Um, I'm pretty sure that they're just like looking to recoup the, the budget of the movie at this point. Um, and then hope that they make profit on digital and DVD sales once it's released then. So I, it sounds like Apple TV, Apple would be paying the budget of the movie, which I think was $125 million directly to MGM. So they could recoup that. And then MGM, once they want to do a DVD Blu-ray release, that's when they would start to make a profit off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it seems like a decent solution, but obviously it's not like a good long-term solution for these companies that are wanting to pump out movies, you know, um, more regularly. Um, I mean, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about a few weeks ago, Bryant, um, about making smaller budget movies um, that have greater return in in maybe the style that like the Mandalorian is like using uh, special effects. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a very interesting topic and and we've talked ad nauseum at movies being delayed and solutions for you know cheaper movies um and how that how we think that the movie theaters aren't going to go away they're just going to like shift a little bit maybe there'll be a rise in drive-ins etc cetera, etc cetera. um but yeah this is this is a very interesting article i'm glad alex sent it but Alex, seriously, unless you're on uh, Weisscast, ask me first. <laughs> um, hey, Bryant. Before we move on to um, whatever it's called, 20 questions, let's hear a word from our sponsor. <laughs> Do you like entertainment, Bryant? I love entertainment. Do you like movies? I love movies. Do you like listening to things? I love listening to things. Oh boy, do we have the podcast for you, Bryant K. Stinson. Um, Weiss Camera Action is officially coming to you in November. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We have a month for you. It has been in development hell for the past three months or two months, however long I've had this idea, it has been in development hell, but things are working out. Um, Stay tuned to your favorite podcast service for Weiss Camera Action. All right, Brian, I I believe it's your week to guess. I think it is my week to guess. What would you like to guess? Would you like to guess a movie? Would you like to guess a movie? Mm. A video game? A video game? Mm. A TV I show? would like to guess a TV show. I'd like to guess a TV show. All right, I got one for you. I got one for you. 
You have a TV show for me. All right. Now I have to get out of the mode of asking video game related 20 questions. Oh, boy. Why did I say TV show? Is this television show released before? Don't give me that. Was this television show released before January 1st, 2000? Oh, thank God. Was this TV show released before January 1st, 2010? Unknown. One second, looking it up. What? <laughs> no, it was not. I didn't know the exact date. So okay, so it's so it's a later show. So it was released after. Okay, so I got I got narrow this down though. Was this television show released before January first, two thousand and twenty? Yes. Sweet. So it was released. So so was it was it released after January first, two thousand fifteen? No. All right. So in between two thousand ten two thousand fifteen. For clarification, it started between then. It Start. could have run longer than. Yeah. 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 That's okay. fair. Um. So re- so released in between two thousand ten two thousand fifteen. Um, Correct. Is the show currently still on the air? Um, let me check. It might have. It is not. Not currently still on the air. Hmm. Okay. Not currently still on the air. Um. Hmm. Was this show released? Was a show released via cable? And not a, so was it? So was it? So was it? Did it initially start on cable network? Yes. Okay. Cool. So not a. Not a streaming original, then. Correct. Um, is this show animated? No. Okay. Live action. Is it a superhero show? Yes. Oh, you, you hesitated there. <laughs> uh, it's a superhero show. So is it a CW show? No. Oh, no. <laughs> is it an FX show? No. Dang it. So it's not it's not Agents of Shield. <laughs> uh Agents of Shield, I think came out on FX. Um So it's a superhero show. Live action. Not CW, though. Because I could have just figured it out from there. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, does this show exist within its own mini-universe that features crossovers between other shows like it? 
One second. <laughs> I'm stuck on this superhero thing, and it's going to make me lose. Okay, let's see if it... Does not work like it. Oh, wait. Oh, Lord. Sorry, I clicked on the wrong character. I need to see... I needed to click on a specific character to see if it... I'm going to say no. Okay. That was 12. Okay. Um, is the protagonist male? Yes. Okay. Did this show debut on one of the kind of like five major networks of so Fox, ABC, NBC, CBS? That's four. Yes. So it did debut on one of those. Okay. It's about a superhero? Is this, is the show about does it show center around one character? No. So it's a so the show center around a group of characters. Yes. Okay. That's fourteen. Yep. Um. Not currently on the air. Did the show have any spinoffs? I mean, let me look that up. I need, I think so, but I need to make sure that it is. It does not look like it is a sp the thing I was thinking of is a spinoff. All right, sweet. I'm ready for a hint. Your hint is one of the main characters. Wait, sorry. One of the main characters is the voice of a popular Disney princess.
one of the main characters is the voice of a popular Disney princess. Hmm. Oh, Lord. Did this show debut on Fox? No. Hoop. <laughs> okay. So, superhero show, is it a DC show? No. It is a Marvel show? Yes. I'm just going to go for it. It's 18, I believe. I'm just going to go for it. Is the show Agent Carter? No. Dang it, I lost. All right. (laughs) Give give it to me. The show was indeed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You counted it up. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah. man. Originally airing September 23rd? 24th, 2013. And it just ended yeah. in August of 2020. Had 136 episodes and seven seasons. Um, it was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It, it was hard to say if it crossed over with any other shows. It doesn't. It crosses over it, with the movies. <laughs> it does, yeah. So it it was hard to answer those questions. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. crosses over with the actual cinematic universe. Although, yep. like, they don't technically cross over, but they take place in the same kind of, like, cinematic universe, whereas the TV shows have their own kind of mini-universe that exists that they don't cross over. So... Yeah, but like age, even Agents of Shield wouldn't have crossed over with like Daredevil, like no. although that would have been pretty cool. Um, Dang, yeah, I, I thought I had it. I was in the I was in the ballpark. You were, and then you counted it out for yourself. I counted it out. Oh, heads heads and hands moment. Head and hands moment, folks. That has been the. October 24th edition of Wisecast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Weiss. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at The Weiss is Right. If you want to write into the show, find us on patreon.com slash Wisecast, where you can write into the show for only a dollar a month. You get the show uncut and a day earlier than everyone else if you don't have any change to toss it away, that is okay. You can find us on podcast services around the globe on Sundays. Um, Bryant, where can they find you? You can find me on the, on the Instagram and, and the tweet machine at BK Stinson zero eight. Excellent. Um, we have, Speaking of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we have a great song for the outro for you. It is the Avengers theme trap remix by DJ Doss. Enjoy it. (laughs) 